This is Thriving Thursday with Yogi Duck. We have all done it at some point, and I know I have. Reading just for an exam and then doing away with it, it's just about reading quickly and cramming while we, while we can. Well, this isn't exactly what's right always. The entire point of learning is to know more than we already know. That includes studying. The thing is, are we doing it the right way? Are we wasting time pouring over paragraph over paragraph, just trying to you know, make some sense out of it when we all know it probably won't make sense? Um, do we want to improve our academic performance? There are methods that may have been suited uh, before, but they might not be working now. And it doesn't mean that you're failing. It's just that you got to figure out your way, what works best for you. Each person is different, right? Right. And in this episode, we're going to explore some tips and tricks for studying that have been backed by science to ensure better performance. We will dive into that dreaded preparation that goes into studying. And with that being said, let's let's get get thriving. thriving. Welcome, friends. I'm Tiffany, and I'm the creator of this platform, Yogi Doc. I run this show with my real-life co-host, Dr. Shaz. And although we're real healthcare providers, we're not yours, so please consult with your own healthcare provider. All information on this podcast is for educational and informative purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice, standard of care, or any kind of provider-client relationship. And since privacy is at the utmost important to us, all personal experience has been altered to protect each individual. Now, let's get thriving! Hey there, Shazzy. Tiff, how's it going? (laughs) Well, it's been a wild adventure this last week for me, I will say. Well, what's new? Like, how's, uh, how's Florida? Well, yeah. So I came out to Florida, um, and my dad was recovering from some knee surgery, and he's doing absolutely wonderful. He's walking like crazy over here, and he's definitely doing great recovery-wise. But of course, you know, Hurricane had to come my way. What's his so. hurricane's name again? I don't know. Isn't it like Ian. Ian or something? Ivan. I don't know. Ian. So I mean, how do they pick these hurricane names? Okay, so that does go in alphabetical order. Remember, I was talking about that the other time. I was like, how do they pick the name? It does go in alphabetical order. So I guess I was next. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I there's so much back and forth. Like hurricanes, yes, of course, comes with disaster. But I absolutely love it. It's so beautiful as well because like the weather is just. It's a different kind of rain and it's a different kind of calm before the storm and like the eye of the hurricane is so silent and still and it's as much as it comes with like everything, right? Good always comes with bad. So yes, you know, there is some disaster Are and you we all have to yourself? be careful. Are I know, I have to be your... careful about that. When, when these but listeners so listen to this, they're going to think you're, you're an insane person. Well, that's because I grew up in Florida, that's right? And so something... we're like us Floridians, so all that, so in our town where I grew up we used to be a very small town like a bunch of dirt roads and all that kind of jazz and everybody here like now that we have the freeway that connects to tampa a lot of transplants are moving down here and commuting right and what's a transplant um so what a weird in our town it's mostly new yorkers i feel like but like people that just like have moved here that aren't from here and they're not uh, you know oh i get what you're saying people that moved into your city yeah and so like they're not used to hurricanes and everybody's loading up on water even though they haven't drink water in the last two years and you know they want gas propane stove this and um all sorts of like you know they need generators they need this and that and like i feel like we've been through so many hurricanes that 
how even when it's coming directly towards you, you're like, well, 12 hours before it gets here, it could turn. Like it, there's always been, you know, yes, they do the best job they can predicting like what's happening and you need to evacuate if you're within a, an evacuation zone and you know, you follow the protocols, but like, why can't you find the fun in it too? Like, right? Um, it, it's because people get hurt and they lose in the rain their stuff. Bit. I know. Well, you know. And, and yeah, meteorologists try, together. but we, we all know that job is just kind of just trying to do your best guess. I mean, you try your best, but yeah, it's the weather is unpredictable. But it's just it turns at any moment too. So I always feel like so many times you get prepared and you get like anxious and you get everything closes down and you're. And then it doesn't come too. So I'm always like, yes, I understand it comes with a lot, but I'm also like waiting. You have to see like what happens because who knows what can happen. So in the meantime, I'm going to try to enjoy part of it of well I can, right? Like, mom's cooking a ton of good food. Fair enough. You know, <laughs> like playing games with the, you know, my nieces and nephews and hanging out with my brothers and now my dad's worried about like, what if the TV goes out? And I'm like, I can read a book. Play some cards, <laughs> you know. I, um, I wouldn't know what to do if the TV went out either. In all fairness, yeah, so yeah. Don't like, don't don't blame the poor guy. I know. I'm not blaming him on that, but I'm like, you know, we've been we've lived here for so long. We've seen so many um, hurricanes come and go that you know we'll see. Get sure used to it. Yeah, know, it's an intense rainstorm with some tornadoes here and there. You know. With some, it's an intense rainstorm with some <laughs> tornadoes here and there. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, look, I grew up in the Southwest. I grew up in Arizona. And I grew up, you know, I live in Vegas now. That job as a meteorologist must be super easy. It's hot as shit. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's just hot all the time. The sun, is, the sun is shining. There might be a dust storm for 10 minutes, but enjoy. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, you know, yeah. a great report. Well, here they have to, like, you know, guess, and everybody gets mad at them when they're wrong, and I'm sure. Man, I'd but, rather just, yeah, sunshine and drive with your, with your windows down. Yeah, Enjoy. But, I don't know. And, you know, I've always been in school. I've always done so much. Like, I always go back for something new and back for something new. There's always something I'm studying for. And this is, like, my one time we have a hurricane, and I don't have anything to really kind of study for. I, I've been working on my advanced uh, yoga certification, so I have a couple things there that I can do. But in general, like I'm so used to like compacting myself with my doctorate program, my master's program, or this or that or whatever, and having so much studying and research to do that I'm actually like picked up a book for leisurely while we were out here and kind of just doing that, which is. This is like our first, well, I'm remote, you know, so I'm trying to, I had the whole recorder and everything set up for this podcast all remote, so this will be a fun experience. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, we're here, even through a hurricane, right? Even through a hurricane, I guess. Even through a hurricane. So, I don't know, but I know, like, I've spent so many years studying, and I know you have too, so I'm sure... We have a lot of personal tips, but also to like look into anything that's backed up by some science, some tips that we can definitely share. So, what do you think about that? No, absolutely. Let's uh, let, let's dive right in. Dive right into that one. Well, I mean, as we know, there's definitely different stages of education and learning. Like, I work a lot in early education, a lot of preschoolers, kindergartners, and 
primary care. But you know, we have high school and college levels and of course graduate school and whatnot, where we've been through so much of. But uh, even in those like early stages, you have teachers who are like pretty involved. The classes are a bit smaller. And you know, your, your at-home reading is, I, w I don't wanna say not as intense because it's appropriate for that age level, but maybe not as extensive or time requirements in that perspective. But you know, once you start getting into college too, it's like an entire different ball game because you're gonna have to be more responsible for your own studying and your own keeping up on your readings because the professors, you know, they're not as involved. They're there to teach you and lecture you, but they're not there to hold your hand in the same perspective. And, and these classrooms can definitely be large, large classrooms. Um, it could be pretty intense. Like I've even seen some classrooms done in theaters because you know, they need so many seats to be filled up. And there's a lot of pressure, I think, a little bit more so on your exams, but it's lined on you, right? The professor isn't holding your hand, like I had said. So definitely think that studying techniques can get a little bit more difficult. And that's where some tips and tricks come in handy. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, what may have worked for you as far as study habits go when you were in eighth grade or you know, in high school, sophomore in high school, something like that. It may not work for you in college or, or later on in like a postgraduate degree, in master's or a doctorate. And it doesn't mean that you're not capable. It doesn't mean that you're not intelligent anymore. You definitely are. It just means you have to switch things up and find out what works best for you because everyone's different and as things change, we need to change as well. Yeah, pivot. That's one of the things I think to say. It's like you're pivoting. You're not going backwards. It's just you got to change path, change direction a little bit. Every time I hear the word pivot, I think of that episode in Friends. Oh yeah. Where he's feeling, <laughs> sorry, that's I know a little bit. Of, my my ADD. The just couch. Kicked, the couch. My ADD just kicked in right there, but yeah, that was uh, <laughs> Ross true. yelling pivot. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep <laughs> yeah, going. Keep no, going. I, I'm sorry. No, it is. I mean, it is. But I mean, we know that there's a correlation with our, our study skills and our study habits to like improve our academic performances. There's definitely a lot of factors involved there. For sure. Yeah. And, and there was a study that was done by Afsana Hassanbaji, um, you know, Jafar Askari and Mohammed Mozayan, uh, as well as Hussein Falazada. That was done at the University of Medical Services in Iran. Um, it's very uh, kind of popular, you know, uh, study that was done that shows there are a lot of factors that relate uh, to and can affect academic performance like time limitation, time management, procrastination, distractions, anxiety, lack of organization, uh, comprehension strategies, and avoidance coping techniques. Man, this is definitely something that you know changes with different levels of requirements in your academics like we're talking about in college so we shouldn't really put the blame on the students as far as you know they one method has worked for them before but might not work now but now it's their responsibility to take it further to try to find what works for them now right so there's definitely a lot of pressure on these students to you know ace their test and to even graduate like first in their class um, so I could see that there's you know so much that could be put on it's just like that instead of blaming them and, and making them feel bad for it like helping students or your peers to even find a different study method that would work for them. I know uh, Shaz, Dr. Shaz and I are pretty aware that studying does not come easy, right? No. You have to definitely plan for it sometimes. And, Absolutely. And how do we prepare is where it kind of goes into, like how do we prepare? And some of the tips that we have like to prepare starts with set a schedule. So this is one of the things um, 
I get big into. It's like be intentional and set up a planning studying schedule. I like to start off with like if I do like a, a review test of some sort and be able to pull up my results and from those results to be able to see like where areas am I the strongest, what areas am I the weakest and try to base my blocks of study time and my schedule based off of what areas that I need. And then you know you're dedicated to that time on your calendar um, for your study chunks and you're you know more likely going to show up when you're dedicated to it right so Absolutely. it's it's definitely important to focus on the things that are challenging to you and not not so much challenging to everybody else and then also knowing what your goal is for that exam so you know those challenging areas what percentage of your exam does that cover you know if that's not a challenging area for you that covers one percent you know you're going to have to balance where you're going to put that time in for it if it's going to be an or an area that cover 60% of your tasks. Um, so I definitely think setting a schedule is a huge thing. I love to color code my schedule, set it all up like that. <laughs> yeah, and then, then after you've made your schedule, as well as while you're making it, you know, study at your own pace. So set your schedule based on a pace that you know you can also achieve. Um, you know, the question that you have to ask is, do you, do you process the content quickly or do you need time for the material to sink in? And you know what's best for you. Like we know ourselves better than anybody else and, and what our abilities are. And so there is a trial and error that will make you determine that most of the time. Um, it's also essential to know that there's no right or wrong study pace as long as you get done, obviously. Um, and so, you know, again, knowing how much time you need and knowing, you know, when you should start and therefore that incorporates into your schedule. So, you know, really comparing yourself to someone else is probably not a good idea just because you know we're all different yeah definitely and something that we need to also consider as an appointment that it's very important that we show up to that we add to our schedule and then we incorporate it into our own pace is making sure that we're also giving ourselves rest um, I think that gets overlooked so much during studying I know I was definitely a, a pusher about just rest when I'm doing too many things so I was doing my capstone when I had met Chaz and I was just finishing up my capstone and I had to tell myself like you have to walk away from the computer you have to take a break let your brain process it and then when you do you like sometimes you come up with new ideas new thoughts new approaches to how to do some things so like we, our body needs rest it's crucial not just for our memory function but just overall exhaustion like we need to make sure that we're we're on our A game, because otherwise what's the point, right? If we're spending all of these hours studying and we can't comprehend it. Um, so we definitely need to balance that rest in there as well. Absolutely, um, that definitely is important. Next thing that I would say is probably the most important for me is silence your, your dang cell phone. <laughs> like, you know, we live in a world where obviously like Oops. our phone takes precedence over, gosh, like over even sometimes eating food. <laughs> and so if you haven't heard about the phone proximity effect, it's definitely worth checking out. There are studies that have showed that having a, you know, a, a mobile phone or you know, a cell phone or even any kind of, you know, kind of mobile device near you affects your cognitive uh, abilities, it breaks concentration and makes the user lose track of time. Mm. Interruptions from your phone can make you tempted to check it out. And the worst part is that you're unaware how it's really impacting you. You can get you know, kind of caught and lost on, on an app or on something, you know, just kind of scrolling through things. I know, um, I definitely get lost on Instagram. I mean, TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, even ESPN for yeah. myself, you know. Um, 
and you know, they just need to be away from you as far as possible. Turning off your phone, putting your phone on silent, or even blocking like you know apps or access to something, social media, you know, apps or anything like that will avoid distractions. You know, the world can can wait. Yeah, it can wait a few hours or four hours or six hours or half the day or whatever until your break time or whatever because you know. Your studying is a priority at this time. Yeah, I've had some friends that have completely like um, removed themselves, like deleted their account on social media, um, so that they can have that little bit of a rest. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's it's good for you. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's one mental kind of rest. We talked about getting enough sleep, but also finding something to help you relax as well. Like research has shown that stress just makes it harder to learn and retain your information. And like I said, like, you know, we want to be on our aim game to make sure that we're, we're not wasting our time when we're studying, we're, you know, we're getting the most out of it as possible. So finding what works for us, taking some deep breaths, writing down a list of tasks so it's not like clogging your mind, doing like um, exercises can also help, um, just anything to give it a little bit of a brain break. But uh, I don't know. We just have to kind of find a way to crack down to be able to prepare for success. And sometimes it's what it takes is to find that balance. I know the OT in me is always like, you know, study, rest, study, rest. And it's important. We need to find a way to also like not allow our anxieties and our stress to take over. So then that way we're relaxed and we're retaining what we're studying for sure. Absolutely. Um, You know, pick a good place to study. Um, there's a balance that goes in with picking the right spot. Oh, that's so you know, important. You gotta find a spot that's quiet, um, you know, kind of kind of breezy, so there's air circulating. <laughs> you know, you're not like suffocating in some some closet. Yeah. Have your office like, in the closet somewhere. Yeah, you're talking about me. Yes, I am. Uh-huh. Um, it's gotta be comfortable, but like, but relaxing, but like not too relaxing. So you don't want to fall asleep in that in that place. Um, yeah, surrounding yourself with, with, you know, with peace has been helped to show, you know, shown that you can help focus. Um, and, and, you know, everything is different for, for you know, different people. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I cannot study in a place where I can see my bed. If I see my bed, I will fall asleep. And so I, I never had like a study Even desk. in the chair? Or do you go to the bed? Either or. Like, I, I can't, you know, I never had like a, like a desk or I did as a kid, but... I didn't do too well with the desk in the bedroom, and so like, cause I knew like my bed was just like three inches behind me, you know, and so I always wanted to study somewhere where I couldn't see the bed, uh, and so that is something you know, where libraries exist, or, or you know, coffee shops, or yeah, or even if you go, even if you go to your stuff. kitchen table, I mean, just something that's not within a, a visual shot of my bed was important for me. That, and that's yeah. me, that's not, that's not everything. Yeah, there's definitely like study rooms and stuff, and I expect like at the libraries, but even at the universities too, like you rent them out the library. Um, but I will also say one thing that's helped me is like some background music. So choose your music wisely though. Um, they do say it's better to listen to quiet music. I mean, <laughs> I would prefer to jam personally. But they do say that instrumental music playing in the background um, is better for studying because like songs with lyrics could be distracting and then it can pull your attention away from the books. Um, personally, I remember there was this playlist 
on Spotify that I would listen to on repeat like over and over and over again. And I think it was called like ESM. It was like electronic study music. And that worked for me because it was kind of like that background music, but it wasn't like slow beat to, enough to put me asleep. So like, I know they say quiet, like relaxing music is the best to study with, but for somebody like me, that would give me anxiety. So I had to adjust, right? So choose your music wisely based off of who you are. You know, if you can study to that quieter background, great, do it. But if not, like, hey, electric study music worked amazing for me. Like it definitely got me. I was just super focused, didn't know what was going on around me, was able to really kind of hone in. So I, I think that that was a good, good background for me. Because otherwise, if it wasn't there, I was thinking about like, I need to do the dishes or what am I having for dinner or what's going on here. It kind of just like, put me in my zone. No, and again, everyone's different. I don't think I could do like electronic music, but no. Maybe the quiet music's for you then. Maybe, maybe, yeah, but you know, definitely like don't definitely don't have other distractions so like turn off my next the next thing is like turn off like movies or netflix or something you know like don't have that in the background you know yeah, i'm bad at that if you feel like song lyrics are distracting dude can you imagine like an actual movie playing <laughs> um you know that's like this i'm is gonna, guilty just gonna suck the attention right out of your out of your noggin um and so serious studying requires you to be, you know, fully with it, fully on it. So having a movie playing or a TV show playing probably is not going to be the best, uh, you know, the best background. It's going to be more of like taking away your attention. Mm -hmm. So you never want your background to take away your intent, you know, your, your attention from what you're doing. Same goes for like, you know, for like radios and stuff because like they're talking back there and they're having, you know, their shows or whatever. And so that's going to take away from what you're trying to do, right? And so it doesn't mean that you, everything's got to be silent, you know, I'm not yeah. saying like reading like cricket tripping silence, you know, but at the same time, like you got to yeah, have the that background balance. music. Right? You have that balance. And again, like everyone's different. You want to make sure like, you know, what's best for you and you kind of go from there. Where's your zone um, Exactly. You know, some people will like, you know, like rain fall kind of sounds or ocean waves or something like that. And that's, and that's great. Like that, you know, teach their own, you know, and so it's got to find out what works best for you. You know. Well, I mean, some of my favorite things too that I think is very important while we're studying. My favorite area is food. I mean, you need snacks. I'm like, I know Shaz. Like, you you don't seem like when you're focused, you're not much of a snacker. But I like, I have to have something continuously to snack on while I'm studying, nonstop. And so, it, which is good because like, you know, you don't want your stomach to be hungry and pull your mind away from your studies. But like, anything that's in within arm reach really be fueling your brain and fueling your studies more than it's uh you know hindering it in some kind of way so like we're not talking about like junk food like chips or cheetos which is i have to say i'm very guilty of having around nearby especially those hot cheetos like i'm down the hot cheetos with the lime mm. <laughs> but i mean food to fuel the brain is important while we're studying like nuts and avocados and grapes and apple slices and Dark chocolate, they say, is very good for the brain. So I like that idea. Just it, it could load be, up with that. So it's like, you know, we're trying to stay clear of like that, the high sugars and the processed yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, physiologically, you want to have stuff that lowers your glycemic index, and so you you don't want to release too much insulin. And I think that's what she's kind of getting at. And then also eating like you know alkaline foods, stuff that are you know a higher pH, um, is just shown to be 
You know, it, it requires less to, to digest and process. You don't want to send all your energy to digest like a gigantic pasta meal, you know? No, we're trying to send it all to our brains. Exactly. Right now, so, so, like, you know, berries and stuff like that, and raspberries, and, and you know, those, you know, again, like mixed nuts. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them are, are more alkaline than others and stuff yeah. like that. So, you want to stay more focused to that, you know? Yeah, and it's definitely just. Finding a method that works for you, for sure, and some snacks that within reach that you know you're going to be motivated and still want to snack on. That's within reach, but you know have the right benefits for us, for sure. So, you're listening to Yogi Doc, a podcast powered by Telethrive. Telethrive provides occupational therapy services in multiple states, while specializing in sensory integration, social emotional regulation, feeding therapies pediatric neurodevelopmental disorders, and so much more. Here, our healthcare providers become your best friend. Thanks for tuning in to Yogi Doc. Let's get back to thriving. Now that we just went over some, you know, tips and tricks to kind of help improve our uh, study strategies and whatnot to help us retain this information, let's talk about the th- some of the three most common proven study strategies now. Yeah, so let's go over one of them called the SQ3R method. Um, now this approach will focus on learning to think critically about you know, a text or a, a, a passage. So there's, there's really five steps. So you, you know, step one is survey, so that's the S, okay? So I'm gonna go over all five steps first, but step one is survey, the Q is question, and then the three R's are read, recite, and review. So survey is basically involves in you skimming through the you know the, the the written material, headings, you know, words in bold print, diagrams, kind of stuff like that. Then going over the question and seeing what's what's the question, what is it that you need to extract from this, okay? Then read it, you know, and that entails actually reading it and and, and reading it carefully and more intently. <laughs> And it's the hardest part for me. Yes. <laughs> and as you go through it, try to answer those questions that you know you've, that you asked in the previous section, and, and, and that you may have thought about, and then what could be asked. Okay. And then recite it, and that means talking yourself through it, um, not necessarily reading it, any part of it, but almost like you're reciting it from what you have read, and try to be a little bit, you know, you know, as verbatim as you can with what you've just read. And, and if you can't be verbatim, at least paraphrasing it so that you can talk yourself through it and explain what you've read. And then reviewing it, and that means going over the material again and rereading the text and, and the notes that you've made regarding this. Yeah. Okay. Another method is the PQ4R method. It's just like another study method to help you digest information. And it's a six step approach, the preview, question, read, reflect, recite, and review. So you're gonna preview, which is pretty much like skimming the material again. And then you're gonna review the question that's based off of like the material, the topics, and go ahead and read. And then in this one, we're gonna reflect. So this kind of entails whether there are any unanswered questions that we haven't gone over or any new questions that came about while you were reading it. Then recite, same as above, and review as well. Then you have what's called the thieves method. Um, thieves like, it's actually like thieving, thieves. 
That was, I just, I just, I, when I was looking at that, I just found that to be kind of, kind of funny. <laughs> but this technique can help prepare to read for information. And it is seven pre-reading, you know, there are seven pre-reading steps here. So you, you know, read the title and read the headings. And then you skim the intro and then skim every first sentence in the section. And then, you know, you basically go over the visuals and vocabularies, um, you know, looking at the pictures and the words in bold print. Then the questions, you know, so going over what the questions you know, may be at the end of the chapter and then the summary and read the overview of this text. So again, read the title, read the headings, skim the intro, skim every, you know, read every first sentence in the section, read the visuals and the, and the vocabulary, and other words in bold print, go over the questions, and then the summary, read the, the overview of the text. I, I must admit, I feel like I've used that method the most going through um, some chapters because sometimes when you're loaded up, you have too many chapters to get through in a short period of time. And I was one of those very few people in grad school that also worked. Um, so I have to say that that method came across quite often. And then one of the things I remember, um, I believe it was like the, the president of our school at the time when I was um, doing my master's program, he came in during our orientation and told us like for memory and recall, you have to say, do something or say something like seven times. Like you read it, you write it, you highlight it. Like, you know, whatever you do, you teach it, um, you like put it on an index card, whatever you do, you do that item seven times for that seven times to help your memory and recall kind of push it out. So I've always remembered that and tried to break up my studying methods like that. So when I go through that same method and I'm going through the chapters, I try to find seven ways to do those key points. Yeah, and, and, this, and this method is probably a good way to start off. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't make this like do this entire time and, yeah, and, go, no. to, and go to your big no, exam no, no. doing this because then the exam will thieve you, you know, like yeah. you won't have, you know, it won't be enough to, to get What's the score like, that you want. Okay? Yeah, they so definitely ask the questions from those sure. meaty chunks that they know you're not going over when you're in that right. section. Right, you'll get some stuff right, but you make know. sure you, this is just like a, pre, like I said, it's a pre-reading Especially like before a lecture, like yeah, reading a chapter exactly, before a lecture. That's how. That's, that's kind of how I would see it. And then like after your lecture, when you go back and read it, then like the meat of the stuff kind of stands out more because it is important what the teacher said. They're, they're telling you these specific points for a reason. Yeah. And so like then those things kind of pop out a little bit more as you're thoroughly reading it with another method. And like, you know, you're able to kind of recall that. And then you start hopping off those seven times before you even know it because you did your pre-reading, you did your uh, summary portion as well. You, you went to lecture, you took notes. Now you came home and read it again. I mean, you, you don't have much review after that point to really kind of help trigger it. So, I mean, some other areas that I found interesting and over my time one of the things is a big key concept is highlighting so it's definitely important um, as we're going through and highlighting things but one of the things that I recall back back in the day before I was an OT I was a nurse and we went to a conference as student nurses so like way way back in the day um, we go to this conference in Florida and um, they did a whole seminar scenario on studying and they made a very good point like there's a reason why our highlighters and our legal pads and our post-it notes are yellow. The color yellow sticks out and now I don't know the exact numbers because as I mentioned it was so long ago that the study was done and it's so deep in history I can't even find it. 
um, but like yellow, you know, made our recall go up, let's say like 76% or something like that, or 80 something percent. And then the next color was green and it dropped all the way down to 14%. And then it was like orange, which was like 5%. It was just such a big, huge drop off, yeah. drop off huh. from the yellow. So there's a reason why they make all those things yellow that does help in some ways. And we already know that like color triggers certain emotions and colors can trigger certain memories. So and that's a big push on like why things are yellow. So, you know, you can add that to one of your seven tips. It's like highlighting those vocabularies, hiding like those key words um, and keeping things in yellow, using yellow yeah, anything. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I should never, never thought about that. Yeah. Um, the next thing that I would that I would do is, you know, summarize important details. You know, a good way to get information stuck in your brain is to tell it again and again and again, but in your own words. So writing out a summary is very effective and, you know, you know, and it's done by sticking to those key points of the material or, or that section or that chapter or whatever your, you know, the, the amount of, of you know, text that you're, that you're focusing on. And then again, after writing it, reinforce the information by reading it out loud and, and what you wrote on the paper is important, especially in your own words that it's, it's, it's going it's to stick more because that it was your creation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and then taking those from your same words, but like what, what, how can you associate it to something like to help improve your recall i definitely say they say like creating puzzles and pictures or some kind of mental exercise that you can put along with it but like even singing it to a song or a tune to kind of help your brain recall and i know in nursing school we definitely made a lot of inappropriate uh, riddles and such to go along with those things oh those are the best ones you know like when you had to remember like sensory whether a cranial nerve was like sensory motor or both I don't know if I can remember. Don't that whole don't thing. say it out loud. Oh my god, you know it. Just don't say it. Do you know about how to remember the names too? Yes, oh, I do. Oh, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah, those there was some good. Don't, don't say it. They will be on our blog page and our show notes for anybody who's age appropriate. Everybody's age appropriate, right? You don't know that. All right, well, go look at our show notes. <laughs> those are some fun ones. Those are, you know, everybody needs it. I mean, but that's what you do. You take something, you, you tie it to a joke, you tie it to a riddle, something that's gonna make you remember. Like, look, I went to nurse, I graduated nursing school in 2009. I started right, what, a couple years before that. And we're in 2022 and I still remember that, like perfectly, like it was just yesterday. I can tell you which one is which, well, you know? So that, tell, that helps your recall. Tell, tell me later, okay. <laughs> helps your um, recall. So the, the next thing you wanna do is make a study sheet. Oh yeah, that's a cram um, sheet is what we call it. Condensing the most important notes, you know, onto a page. And that way it stays like, you know, in a higher priority uh, kind of type spot, you know, kind of at your fingertips. You know, got, it needs to be portable. You know, you can take it anywhere and, and you carry it and quickly, you know, take it out and be able to, you know, read yeah. it and, and locate the information on there. And I know you can do all that stuff on your tablets because you always have your phone with you for notes and stuff like that. But even just like writing it out and cramming it small and being able to see it on one like sheet all at one time seems to be super helpful for me. I know that was super helpful before I went for my boards. That's kind of like just having a cram sheet. And that's the only thing I looked at right before the exam. Like, right. Where like I didn't look at anything for a day before just to kind of allow myself to rest and relax. And then just took a peek at my cram sheet and went in for it. So I always felt like that was an, a good trigger for me as well. So that's a great suggestion. But um, I also, one of the things I like too is like you got to be able to take that information and be able to recite it and repeat it and kind of like put it into use, right? So a big thing is to like be a teacher. Take somebody 
So even if they have no idea anything about the field, anything about anything, if you can teach it to them, you know the material enough. If you can teach it to somebody who has no clue, right? So like take the time and find ways to teach things. I know, um, I know a lot of the videos are not online anymore. Unfortunately, it's gone. But when I went to OT school, OT Miri, like high five to her. Like those videos were amazing. I mean, a lot of people have done a lot of educational videos, but she just like, I know, like spoke to you, like spoke to your brain like perfectly. She could take, you know, a TBI and we're gonna go down to it in like five minutes. She's like discussing it or like, I can't even remember. But most of her videos were under 10 minutes and she would do like big topics and big things and really kind of break it apart. Amazing before board. So I, I'm sure that there's other people out there, right? I'm sure you've seen, have you ever seen any like YouTube you know, videos. There's plenty. Yeah, so yeah. like somebody can take the information, be the teacher, turn around, make some content, try to teach somebody else. And you know, being able to teach it and recite it um, Shows really makes it stick it. better. Yeah, and Shows it helps really you. Know it. You're really putting it into use. So. Yeah, and then you know, take notes in class. I don't, I don't know how to emphasize more than than, <laughs> yeah. than just keep hammering to people. But you know, what your teacher talks about. You know, or your instructor, or your professor talks about those topics are important. They're saying it um, for a reason. Right? There's exactly they're not they're not just trying to waste your time. I mean, maybe, but I'm not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you know, like they're saying it, feels it for, like it. Sometimes. They're saying it for a reason. So learn how to extract what they're saying and you know, learn how to be a good note taker. You know, that's all very important. You know, and then once you take those notes, you know, you got to review them when you get home, and not like a week and a half later. It's always good to look at them. Right when you know when it's so fresh in your brain, so you know, on that same day, even if you look at it first a little bit, um, you know there's a lot of studies that show that reading your notes or anything like that within 24 hours is good for retaining information, and that's not you know, that's not rocket science. Like we all know that, mm -hmm. and so you know you, you don't need to be sitting there all night reading your notes over and over and over again, but at least going through them real quick and reviewing them, you know, before yeah, you like nice before you sleep for the night, so it's a great idea. Especially like focusing on those key vocabulary words, because I feel like, you know, sometimes if you don't always know the information, if you know, I know, can you hear the dog? I can hear your dogs. You, you can hear my pups. I'm sorry, guys. I told you we're, we're I'm remote right now, man. The pups, they, you'll hear them every once in a while. But yeah, focusing on those key words, because like, you know, even if when you get a question on a test, if you don't know the exact answer, you can at least break down what it's talking about, where it's going, and be able to eliminate things that aren't the right answer, find what the best answer and what the safest option is. So focusing on keywords is very important to, to any perspective to be able to break it apart and know where you're going with it. So whether that's, you know, going to be doing flashcards with yourself or joining a study group to be able to, you know, bounce vocabulary off of each other or, or you know, speak the lingo back and forth. I don't know, something that's gonna help you remember it in any sort of way, but, and then of course, I'm the biggest advocate for making sure that you relax and reward yourself with something. Like I said, like before a major test, I, you know, I don't really look at my notes. I look at the cram sheet for like a moment, but that's it. I try to like make it more about me time. I take a nice long bath, but even after big study sessions, when you're going on, like, you know, you had a, six hour lecture or four hour lecture and you came back you reviewed your notes and you know reward yourself let yourself have a, a good meal and and relax in the bathtub or or read something that's not required that's something that's for yourself because um, i definitely think that that's important to maintaining your stress and your anxiety so that you can retain 
all that information. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, studying is very important, and you know, our work's important, but they're not the only thing in the world. And so you do have to know, you know, what are your other responsibilities, you know, as well as you know, having a social life. You know, too much time in, in your in your books can, can elevate your stress levels. You know, can be even harming to your performance. So, knowing when to when to call it a day is really important, and then then doing those other things that are necessary. Um, you know, we have looked at all the skill, you know, the skills and plan that go into creating a study technique. But you know, what about the day-to-day practice can we do throughout the semester or session to, to really be more effective? Yeah, well, definitely taking regular breaks, I can tell you that, and getting some sleep will definitely be helpful. I mean, you got to plan those breaks in just like you got to plan some sleep in. You got to make sure that you know we're rested and we're we're ready to go. Like I said, a game, right? And, right, and, and the key is to study smarter and therefore you can retain and recall that information. Yeah, smarter, not harder, they say. Smarter, not harder. Well, friends, thanks for joining us. And if you like what you heard, remember to hit like and subscribe for Thriving Thursdays and Medical Mystery Mondays here at YogiDoc. Also, connect with us on social media at yogidoc.tt. If you'd like to be a guest on our show and check out any of the podcast notes, links, or calendars, check us out at telethrive.net slash podcasts. That's T-E-L-A-T-H-R-I-V-E dot net slash podcasts. Don't forget to check with your own healthcare provider with any information that you heard on the show. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections and errors. Until next time, keep thriving.